All right, so yesterday I went out with some friends, you know, had a little Galentine's Day, and the guy at the bar asked me, like, he said, he complimented my style and my fashion, and then he was like, are you in fa- in the fashion field? And right away I said no, but then after he said that, I was like, I fully had collections, and I'm a designer, <laughs> why did I say no? And then he was like, to really make me feel even more stupid, so he was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh shit, so I was like... Oh, I put my art on clothing. So then he was like, ah. so you're a fashion designer. I was like, you know what? When you say it like that, then yeah, I am. But then I was like thinking about it. I was like, why did I say that? Like, I couldn't even have a good night after because I was thinking about that. And then I realized I think it's because like it's so looked down on to go anywhere besides like the tech, like doctor field. And I think I still have like this weird idea that since I went the un- the untraditional route, it's like. I can't mention it or it's like a not not a big part of my identity even though it is so then now I'm just like self-reflecting and just like thinking about I, why I said that because now I sound dumb I think I think it's all I think it's also because like we know so many people that are like so good at, at that type of stuff like mm. I paint but like I don't call myself a painter at all even yeah. though like some people would I like I just compare myself to like people that are at just different echelons and yeah that's probably why yeah, you know what's crazy? Because, yeah. like, when I was at dinner with my friends, one of my friends went to FIT and, you know, she did fashion, like, in a professional way. So I think, like, I was comparing myself to her status and the fact that she has, like, a degree and stuff in it. So I, I felt like I wasn't, you know, good enough to even consider myself a designer. Yeah, but yeah. now I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm freaking good. Why did I yeah. say that, you know? We end up. But yeah yeah yeah. thank you guys for tuning in um to our podcast difficult dish podcast about south asian narratives my name is mosh noon i am and today we are joined by a super duper 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 special guest um i'm super excited to have you bro um you want to you gotta introduce the name you didn't even say the name no i'll let i'll let him go all right go ahead go ahead uh yo so my name is shihan chowdhury um I am a cinematographer, photographer, um, by by passion, um, and uh, my background is in uh, technology, and um, yeah. <laughs> this man is being humble. He's being this too man, humble right now. Hell <laughs> this no. man has done. Put him in his no, place. So, Tell so, him. Man, so before we begin, I just want to say, bro. I'm I'm a fan. Like first first off, I'm I'm a I'm a fanboy of yours. I remember, you know, because I I I'm I'm heavy on the on the cooking TikTok side. Most of my videos are cooking. So I remember the first time. I remember that was the first video I saw of yours. It was uh it was the Biscoff Lassie. That was the first <laughs> video I saw of yours. I saw that, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then I pressed him, and I saw the Bangladesh flag. I was like, no way, because you know, because. You know, we have like um we have like the goal to balance, right? He's he's Muslim. But like I, I've never seen like a, a brown skinned person who's like up there doing like videos and shit. So I saw you and I was like, stop, bro. Like I got so happy. And like I, I love cooking and I definitely don't cook as much as I should, but like I love your videos. I've been a big fan. Um when when you uh when you DM me like a couple weeks back, I, I was in like the promotion on my book. Bro, I took a screenshot. I sent that to my sister. <laughs> like my sister. I so I have so I have a god family up in New York. Um, my god sister, her name, her name is Eileen. I call her Eileen Napu. She loves she, this this she's the best cook I know in my life. She cooks 
so much. She loves cooking. I talked to her yesterday. And when I told you that I was having you on, <laughs> she flipped out because <laughs> she she loves you. So I mean, I mean, yeah, bro, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm super decide, eh, super excited to have you on. I know you're being humble. You've been you're you've, being you've way done so much too in your humble. Life. You're, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. This man, this man is the the mid the legend. This man's crazy. Yeah. But um, uh, I I wanted to say you know before prior to this uh, podcast, I did my research. I did a little As bit of investigative do. work, right? Right, boom. So I have a question I need to ask you. Very important question. Sure. <laughs> um, what is what is your favorite episode of Chef's Table? Because I know that's that's a big TV show for you. Yeah. So my favorite episode, um, and I can't recall the chef's name, but uh, she's she's in China, and um, she's not, um, you know, she doesn't speak English or anything. And the whole episode was uh, translated. And essentially, um, she's veg. She's a um, vegetarian. She makes all vegetarian dishes. And the is thing the is that, that she lives in like the mountains and stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And 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 when the people eat her food, um, they they get emotional, and mm-hmm. um, and and it's because she's putting a certain energy in her food that ingredients and and aesthetics will never do. You know, I, I, I remember in that episode, she talks about like um, she doesn't use any like robust kind of ingredients like she doesn't use any garlic. Like, yeah. I don't know if really? she uses like, onions and stuff like that. And it's crazy. I, I think that's regarded as like the best episode of Chef's Table, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Wait, what does yeah, she use then? Crazy. Just like it's, it's very, a lot of fermentation like, process that she does. Wow. Um, and 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 it's it's just really trying to keep the the flavor of uh, of the you know the main ingredient itself like not try to really taint it with you know other mm-hmm. spices and uh you know a- um, a- aromatics or anything mm-hmm. oh that's amazing yo you gotta watch chef's table i remember we we've tried and you're just, you're just never into it i know i know the best show ever i like watching it i like watching like the whole history and like i like that one episode i don't know if it was chef's table but there was a show that we watched and it was like where the guy's business was like failing multiple multiple times it was in like india or something do you remember what i was what i'm talking about i don't think so yeah. i think i i, I, I remember table. that episode that might have been well. chef's table. the the i don't know if it was chef's table or it was another because chef's table branched out into like different um mm-hmm. other, oh, other really? shows on netflix yeah. but but you know you, you mentioned that because uh one of the things that a lot of these chefs have in common is like perseverance like yes yeah. like yes. they it's just they just don't give up you know mm-hmm. they don't give up and they just keep going at it and at it and they keep yeah. pivoting and pivoting yeah exactly i think i think I, it was one of i'll those see episodes. you on chef's table one day <laughs> inshallah you have your own we gotta make it happen so i do i do want to make a disclaimer like uh i'm actually not a real chef <laughs> ah, man. Come on. this man's right. being humble no but okay let's let's give a little background for the for, for him because he he adds chili in every single thing can you talk a little bit about the fact that you add chili in like a mango let's see because like i can't think about that like i can't make that come true in my head i can't even picture but that before taste. you b- before before you answer, I mean, I don't know if your mom's ever made it, but my mom loves spicy mango. My mom loves really? adding spice to like pineapple. Like my mom, oh, yeah. I, and I used to pineapple. hate it when I was younger, and like she, like adding to everything. Your mom never did that. She probably did, but for me, she didn't. My mom loves spicy mango. She always she always used to like 
forced me to eat it. She's like, this is good for you. The orange and And I was like, how? <laughs> the orange and does, does your mom, does your mom say make that like stuff. everything is always good yeah. for you? She's like, this is good for you. And, and it's she'll, like, how? She'll make up the fact that like she knows the doctor facts and all the benefits, even though it has no correlation to the food. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, the whole, the whole, I'll tell you how the whole chili thing started. So um, when I had started TikTok, I was like, well, I, I got to be a little different, but right. I also want to like show my roots. And, you right. know, Katsu you know, Morich is like the, mm. the the main dish. And, and I mean, you know, it, whether it's for breakfast, lunch or dinner, um, like if for breakfast, you're having eggs, there's this Katsu Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, the... Lunch, there's our, there's always Katsu Morich on the table. Dinner, there's always Katsu Morich on the table. When it's like, you know, Nasta and you're having mm-hmm. your samosa or, or, or your, you know, with, with the tea, there's, there's always, you know, kachamori. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to play along that theme, but then, you know, um, I wanted to start getting into like desserts and I was like, well, I still got to play along the whole, you know, um, the, mm-hmm. the, the pepper theme. So I, I just started thinking of unique ways to include it. So like when you add that, um, you know, uh, you know, I call it the Thai chili pepper honey. Um, you don't get the hit of like the spiciness, but you get the, a beautiful aroma of you know the kachamorich mm-hmm. uh, you know with the honey it tastes absolutely phenomenal yeah because like we 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 um like we taste with like our scent first you know so it's like that flavor isn't in your throat but with you like kind of smelling it it adds like that essence to it and i i totally get it it's yeah that, that i love that stuff. it's it's so interesting because like when i was younger or even in the past year like I didn't really get into cooking because I was living at home and my mom was doing all the cooking and I never really saw like the interest in it but after I moved out and now that I'm cooking every single day I find the art in it and it's so beautiful to like make creations like I never had that passion before but I I really like it it's very therapeutic it's very like it's very hard to like include um you know like the bangli touch to it but I I really want to get into it too so so um so yeah you're you're talking about gachamoris we can tell that <laughs> you're you're super you know tapped in with your bangladeshi side your your family roots and all that um so i want you to talk a little bit just about about your origin you know i i saw that you were born in bangladesh um you immigrated over here what was life kind of like you know um i feel like a lot of brown people live different lives like for me I didn't grow up with a lot of brown people, so I didn't really rep being Bengali for a majority of my life. Um, so so what was life growing up for you in, in Maryland? You know, were you with a lot of brown people? What was kind of like your family dynamic at home? Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah. Yeah. So um, I was born in Bangladesh and I came to America when I was uh, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of my childhood, like until you know I came to America, you know, my dad was, um, you know, in America, you know, he was trying to establish stuff here. Right. Um, it was to a point where my mom was telling me that when my dad would come to visit and I was like two or three years old, um, I would call my dad uncle. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. I was calling oh, everybody crazy. uncle. And I so, you know, I, could, I couldn't differentiate. But, you know, nevertheless, you know, my dad, you know, he was able to you know, bring us to America. And when we got to America, uh, we were living in a uh, one bedroom uh, apartment. And um, we're actually sharing it with another individual um, as well. Wow. My dad, uh, the individual that we were sharing it with was my dad's uh, business partner. And uh, they owned a, um, a convenience store. So what happened was my dad and uh, his business partner, they both used to drive taxi. Um, you know, Bengalis, they always stack their money. They don't, you right. know, they, they never spend money, especially right. that generation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so they stacked their money and then, you know, they saw a convenience store. Um, they offered to buy it. You know, the seller gave it to my dad and his uh, friend. And uh, so when we came to America, my dad had that convenience store. Um, so then my mom would work at the convenience store, you know, 12 to you know 14 hours a day. Um, and uh, my dad would you know, drive taxi. Uh, it got to a point where my dad ended up just buying out the other partner. Um, and then, uh, we, you know, we moved into a two bedroom apartment. Um, so we were in that two bedroom apartment. Um, you know, I, I, and then I started school, my school, I think me and my brother, I have an older brother. We were literally probably the only Brown people in that school. Um, but the school was still kind of diverse. Um, it was like 80% white people. Um, and I was still diverse at that time, 80% white people. That's diverse. That's, that's, crazy. <laughs> that's literally yeah, how you grew up. My God. And, um, and, and, and so, you know, we were living in that two bedroom apartment and it was the same deal. My, my dad was working 12 hours, 12 to 14 hours a day, driving taxi. My mom was at the convenience store, um, uh, you know, working over there. And then, um, you know, slowly they just, you know, they saved money. They're very good at saving money. So it was, it was a lot of penny pushing. Um, and then, you know, my dad ended up buying his first townhouse. Um, and then slowly he just, you know, they always taught us to save money and, um, and, you know, work, you know, just be consistent and, you know, whatever you do, obviously there's the whole doctor engineer thing, which we'll get into right, later. Right, and, right. um, and, you know, so, uh, and even in high school, our high school was, I would say really diverse. Um, it was about 50% white people and oh, then 50% wow. is rest. Um, I played uh, football in high school. Um, I did football, wrestling, and uh, uh, yeah, just football and wrestling. Um, and then uh, I played uh, center. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I did that. And then, uh, I, you know, I went to University of Maryland College Park um, mm. and uh, I did economics degree over there. Um, and uh, as far as like, you know, having... Uh, you know, abolish your community. Um, I, I would say in Maryland, there we because see, I live in the DMV area, so it's like Maryland, DC, Virginia. We're like right. in the tri-state yeah. area, so you know, um, we're like thirty minutes away from each state. So the Bengali community is pretty good here, and like every weekend, yeah, that's um, what I heard too. It's pretty good. Yeah, there. every weekend, like there's some type of a dalit, and uh, yeah. so you know, we get exposed to that dalit. But I remember as soon as we uh, got into like middle school, me and my brother stopped going to the dalit. And, uh, you know, again, like we didn't really have any Bengali friends and, and, and um, you know, till till this day, I, I, I still would say I don't have any Bengali friends like, that I'm, yeah. you know, best friends with or close to with. Um, so but but the way we would, you know, keep in touch with our Bengali roots is, you know, my parents would have us go to Bangladesh, um, especially during like the summertime, you know, we'd go to Bangladesh um, and, you know just 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 be there you know with our cousins and you know things like that so um you, you know one thing that would just just i know me myself i'd never try to forget is like you know the actual you know bengali roots because like when i go to bangladesh i don't know it just feels like home you know um, of course yeah and then, you know you get, you get sad trying to come back to america <laughs> that's that's interesting because i feel like a lot of people when they're growing up they don't want to go to bangladesh and it's like i, I didn't i did not want to go to bangladesh but the thing is like <laughs> when i did go to bangladesh i was mm -hmm. like oh I just for some reason it just felt like home you know it is home yeah you, you go you go there pretty often um i used to go there pretty often i haven't been there since like seven years so oh wow <laughs> oh man 
you know what's yeah, crazy man. like i haven't been to bangladesh i only went to bangladesh once in my life and it's so crazy because i'm so like in my roots and so patriotic i only went once in first grade so it's been like over oh, you haven't been there for a while then yeah it's been like 18 like plus years and so it's, oh it's completely changed and i know exactly yeah. and it's like i really i'm so jealous of people that can go so often but it also feels like even though i haven't been there in a while like i know it's still gonna feel like home you know even though i don't have that much of a memory of it but it, right. it's crazy like even when i didn't grow up there but i still know that i'm gonna feel like at my you know at my peace when i'm there i went once when i was like a kid but my most recent time i went when i was 19 and before i went i thought i was gonna hate it i was like i'm because at this time it was like i was i was like really big into like I didn't really represent myself as Bengali. Like, I didn't grow up with... I, I grew up with a few, but just, like, my community, I was surrounded, like, 95% by Spanish people. So, like, there was no really brown representation. And, like, on top of that, I did really poor in school, whereas, like, the few brown people that were in school did really well. So I was kind of seen as, like, the the lesser brown kid because, like, I was really into, like, this, like, eccentric shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I went, bro, like... I loved, bro. I can't even describe how much I loved it. I felt, I felt at home. You know, I was just like, yeah. I like my my the rooftop of like the apartment my my uh, uncle stays at, and it's just like he like has his garden. Like people have to like make their gardens on the roofs because like there's no more space in Dhaka, <laughs> and and just like I have so many pictures up there, and and yeah, man. Um, I I definitely love going back there for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and Bangladesh. I one thing I do um appreciate about it is like um it's like my dad went like uh, a year ago and he's like yeah you know i just i just uber um you know oh, scooters wow. to yeah my thing. dad was like i was ubering the whole time <laughs> they have that there they have that there and the thing oh, is yeah, like they do it's, it's so very it's, janky it's so deep it's so deep like the uber like the you know the uber driver or yeah. you know it's really a scooter driver he, he, you know <laughs> a, after the ride he's like he's like sir please give me a five star please give me a five star sir. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't know they were that evolved oh my goodness oh yeah it's yeah they dang. got it's really it's really janky though it's not like <laughs> how it is in america <laughs> it's just kind of they, they you just like they they pull up and you just have to assume that it's it's your uber driver. <laughs> oh no <laughs> and, <laughs> that can't be legal um, how how did your how did your family end up in uh in maryland um did they know anybody right. there um did they just kind of go in and blind yeah so uh what happened was um my my dad originally came to america uh, um like you know i would say in the in the in the 80s in the early 80s hmm. and so one of the first places he landed was in um dc because at that time dc was like you know the place where you land um, yeah, and yeah. then from DC, he lived in New York for just a little bit. Oh, wow. uh, he didn't really like New York. Um, so he came back to DC, but, you know, he was explaining his early, you know, life in America and DC, you know, he lived in impoverished areas. Um, in fact, he was telling me like, you know, he stayed in a place where it would be like eight people in like literally a two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would tell me like how there would be rats and cockroaches and all that stuff. And this was yeah. in like Arlington. And, um, you know, so, he, you know, he would just tell me those stories because right now, like, you know, um, I, I wouldn't say my dad, well, I would say my dad did make it, um, you know, he's, you know, he's, he, he has like 18, you know, you know, properties now. Um, oh, wow. Shit. Yeah, but, but, but regardless, regardless, he still lives like a poor man. Like, I don't okay. like, yeah. he, he they're very like frugal. They're very frugal with their money. They're still in the mindset of like saving up. You know, you know, what's crazy. It's because like. 
I think we really liked your journey, especially because Mashun and I were 23. So you're a little bit older than us. But it's really interesting that like your generation, like my dad also moved to New York in the early 90s or late 80s. And um, he also did taxi and he had a deli as well. So it's very interesting how like even 10 years after it's like the same journey for like immigrant dads, you know, like they started from the bottom basically. And, you know, this is their whole journey now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so cool. So you're you're growing up in in Maryland. You're not with a lot of brown people. Um, are you going into like the kitchen a lot? Is your mom like kind of like is she open to like bringing you in the kitchen? Because like for me and Mo, our moms like they always like wanted us to cook, but like when we got in the kitchen, they were like, "Oh, sure, you don't know how to do this." Blah blah. blah. Yeah, like micromanaging, like, snatch things from my hands. Yeah. So like, what was kind of like your experience with like in the kitchen with your mom? Yeah, so I mean, my my mom uh, with me and my brother, like she she did kind of like spoil us a little, like um, like when when we would go in the kitchen, like it would mostly just be like you know washing dishes. But if it if it mm-hmm. does if it does come to cooking, it's just like you know like stirring, yeah, and, stirring, know, sure that kind of stuff. <laughs> but my dad, my dad would always like you know uh, yell at my mom about like, hey, you got you got to you know make these kids do more and you know this and that. And then my dad would start railing off stories about like how like when he was like six years old you know he you know he was doing a b and c for his parents <laughs> of course walking across like the mountain to school <laughs> yeah i feel like i feel like our parents are either like one of two ways they either go that route where like they push everything that they did in their lives they're like my kid has to do the exact same or it's right. like the exact opposite where it's like i did all this just so you don't have to do this mm-hmm. so right. i think it's like really interesting i feel like my like my mom was kind of like in between like she made me like work part-time part-time jobs and stuff but she was never like forcing me to like do the laundry or water the garden or, or get in the kitchen and stuff so i got a funny story about a the first time job. So I remember uh, the the thing is like I, me and my brother worked at the convenience store, but it got yeah, to a too. point. It got to a point where like I, I was I was I was fourteen years old, and uh, I remember my brother got a job at at, at this uh, chicken place. It was called uh, Cluck You Chicken. And, <laughs> what kind um, of name is that? <laughs> I like it. What a Maryland name. <laughs> and um, so he got a job. So he spoke to the manager. The manager got me a job. I was only fourteen years old. And oh, you know, my parents were like, okay, that's, that's, they're like, yeah, that's good. You know, as long as it doesn't get, you know, in between your studies. And then I, I remember one of the nights it was like, uh, it was like 10 PM and, you know, we shut down the store and I you know, you had to clean in the back. So I was cleaning yeah. in the back and then my dad calls and he's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at work. And he's like, oh, okay. And then my dad and my mom, they pull up to work because they think I'm lying. Right. They're like, there's oh, no way man. he's at work at like 10 PM or 10 30. <laughs> so then my dad pulls up to work and then he's like okay uh can you actually come outside and i'm like okay i'll come outside because they don't believe me so i come outside but i'm in this gown and then my gown is like kind of you know dirty i got gloves in my hand so then they see me and then they actually feel bad that i'm working like <laughs> a 14 year old even though my dad's been working since he was like six seven years old right they actually yeah, felt yeah. bad and they were like oh you know you don't really have to work you know just, just, just you need focus they on needed studies. the visual they needed to like actually feel bad by seeing you first <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then the funny thing is when i got my first paycheck i was like i was like i was like all right bet you know i'm gonna i'm gonna spend it on something and then my mom was like no you're not give me your paycheck <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I feel like I feel like that'll be something that like we understand when we're kids. Like I'm pretty sure, or when we have kids, is like we're gonna we're obviously gonna want our kids to be like hustlers. But once we see them like always really busy, we're just gonna feel bad, man. Because yeah, I mean, you know, my mom is like that with me right now. I mean, she sees me constantly working, so she's like, um, she feels bad by the end of the day. She's like, you know, I I always make dua to Allah that you know everything you're you know doing uh, you know goes good. I mean, that's her way of saying. Because she can't say don't stop or anything. Right. I mean, it's my career. Yeah. But you know, that's exactly. her way of saying, like, keep going. Because, you know, with Daisy parents, they don't emotionally talk. Well, at least right. my parents don't. Right. But, you know, they say things like that, that, you know, that that's like a white people version of, you know, keep going with right. whatever you're doing. You know, keep that's grinding. like the best that they can do at this point. <laughs> but but it's like interesting because like my mom also sees me like working so hard with my business and everything. And like one of the days I was transferring all of the ba- boxes, like all of these boxes, I was transferring all of my inventory from my parents' house to my apartment. So like I was carrying all of it from my car trunk and everything. And so she saw me like going up and down with like all of these heavy boxes. And she kept saying like, Oh, like why do you, why do you do something so hard? Like why don't you pursue something that's easier so you don't have to like lift all these things and you know like stress about not getting sales one day or whatever it is. And it's like that's their way of saying like you know like we see you doing all the hard work like chill out a little bit, relax a little bit. And it's like they're trying to understand that you know we're pursuing a, a career that's like not traditional, but it's hard, but we're gonna you know make it work. But you know they're also like sad that we're like working so hard at it but right. you know at the end of the day they are like giving duas and praying for us and you know wishing the best for yeah. us yeah, i feel no, like absolutely. we we kind of said this in our in our last episode of like you know our parents are are such hard workers and they've done so much in their lives that's like the, their kid either turns out just like that or like you know super spoiled and and it's just like sitting around all day and it's like i'm i'm really happy that like people like us turn out as like super hard workers because like i got food poisoning a week ago and i told my mom and she was just like you work too much you're too stressed out i'm like mom i got food poisoning she's like you work too much it's because you work stop working and i'm like mom i got i got food poisoning so it's like so so you know talk a little bit about like your work ethic um after you graduated college you obviously worked some some really high profile jobs and you were kind of like in this like business industry so like talk about that a little bit you know did you enjoy kind of what you were doing back then because you know what we're also going to get into you're a cinematographer first so like you're an artist first so like what was what was it like kind of working at these like super corporate jobs when you had all these passions yeah, so before I say that, I'll run it back a little. Like I, I've always right. been hustling since you know I was a I, I was a kid. Um, I I hope I don't incriminate myself, but you know when I was a kid, you know I used to sell CDs. You know back in the day, yeah. we used to have like CDs. Um, I used to burn music, sell CDs. Uh, you know do nice. all those things. Um, and uh, so I've always been a hustler. And so essentially, I remember um, uh, my dad had a video camera that he bought. And so um, that's how I knew how to do like video editing and stuff like that, because, you know, he had a video home camera, you know, he would just, you know, do videos right. of you know the family and stuff like that. Then I would right. kind of just do minor edits. Um, so I just knew how to work a camera. So um, when I was uh, in college um, and uh, it was my uh, senior year in college um, and you know, I was obviously doing an economics degree. Um, there was one friend that was like, Hey, you should do like this trade school. It, it, it's on uh, software, um, software engineering. 
And, um, and obviously, as you guys know, in the tech space, like, you know, you don't need four years to learn, you know, something in the, in the right. tech space. You can take yeah. you know, three to six months and, and learn it and get a job, um, or a high profile job. So uh, while I was in college, I was also doing that trade school, my, 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 um, my uh, I'm sorry, my junior year in, 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 in college. So I was doing that trade school. Um, my, my dad even paid for it because um, it was oh, cheap too. It was like under like $3,000. So my dad even paid for it. And then um, uh, I, I did that. And then once I did that, um, I immediately got the job. I was offered all these jobs. And um, so then I told my parents, I was like, listen, I'm just going to elongate my, um, my graduation. You know, I, I'm not going to graduate for another two years. Um, so it, just so you know, I can just get into the workspace because um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was good money that you get paid, uh, you know, doing software, you know, engineering. Um, so I, I immediately started working when I was like 20 no yeah when I was like 19 19 20 oh, wow. um, I started my first corporate job but I was also in That's school crazy. so I would do the corporate job you know nine to nine to five and then I would make sure I get like you know evening classes you do um, that at 19 that's crazy yeah that's crazy yeah and then so I was doing that and then I was going to school and then once I got got some money um from my actual corporate job and it was really good money mm -hmm. um and uh so what i did was i bought a camera because i was just like you know let me just you know get into some type of hobby with me i can't i can't just like stop working or like just you know chill or anything right. um i just have that issue so i bought a camera just to like you know because i remember i used to do videography before but i bought a, a photography camera so I started doing that and then um i just started doing you know stuff for the msa msas and you know just right just as a hobby stuff I started doing. Mm -hmm. um, so I started uh, uh, working that corporate job and then, um, uh, and, uh, and then I graduated while I was, you know, still doing the corporate job. Um, and then the whole of photography and, you know, cinematography I was doing for free. I was doing like free work, but I wasn't doing free work because, you know, I wasn't getting, right. because, um, I, you know, people weren't trying to pay me. It's because I wanted to. Uh, mm -hmm. do free work because I wanted to get the reps in. I wanted to get the practice in, you know, and yeah. uh, there was a lot of opportunities. So when opportunities came to me, I'd be like, no, nah, you don't got to pay me. Let me just, you know, just pay for the budget and, you know, um, uh, you know, pay for the, you, that I can, you know, be creative. So if I need certain things, just yeah, pay yeah. for that. And um, so I got my reps in to a point where I was actually getting really good because I got my reps in. Um, and, uh, at that point, companies actually started hitting me up. So I was doing my corporate job and I was doing the photography stuff crazy. at that point. Crazy. And um, and uh, so I, I did work at uh, the IRS um, for about seven years. I was the yeah. youngest software engineer wow. at, at the IRS because uh, I started there when I was 21. And um, I remember like the first year that I did start my corporate job, um, I literally gave a whole year's salary. Like I gave half it to my mom, just like, just like, I just, you know, uh, cause you know, I was just thankful that, you know, they, cause my parents, they paid for my college, but I don't have a, um, a student loan. Thank God. Cause wow. I just knew how to play mm -hmm. the system with, uh, <laughs> get money from the system. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, right. and then, uh, you know, they also paid for the trade school. So I was just like, you know, um, my first year, half of my paycheck just always went straight to my mom. Um, and then, you know, I started working at the IRS 
And then uh, I met uh, who's my partner right now. Um, you know, we were friends before and then we started the kind of like uh, the online business because, you know, this was when Instagram really started kicking off, which was in yeah. 2011. Right. Um, and so we hopped on it early. So I remember our first business was selling tea, like, um, you know, like the drinking tea. Oh, I so, think you said teeth. <laughs> like you're selling <laughs> teeth. We would we would buy tea from China for like three, like like four or five dollars, like per bag. Right. And then you know, because we knew marketing and we knew branding, we were able to sell it for like fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god! You know, in, wow. in in America, so like, and then we, and then this was when the internet was still brand new, and and marketing on social media was still brand new. So mm-hmm. if yeah. you were the first to do it, you were making money regardless. And then so like um, that first year, we just went ham, and then we just literally just started selling tea, and we we're making really really good money. It's crazy. Um, obviously, crazy. some of the money we did pocket, other money we invested it back into the business, and we started expanding to you know other different things. Um, but but that really helped me like to, you know establish a lot you know a, a, a lot of things, and then um, that's how I kind of know about like the online world and like you know mm-hmm. e-commerce and you know, all those type of things. So I've just been doing it since like when it was at its peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so. Uh, in 2000, about four years ago, I would say, um, I was still at the IRS. And then I was just like, hold on, I'm, I'm making the same amount of money doing that stuff that I'm here at the IRS. And I was like, you know what, um, I'm just gonna, you know, just, I was like, I can make actually more money if I stop the IRS, because I'll have right. more time. Right. Um, and uh, so I, I, I quit that job. And my parents were like, they were shit scared. They're like, what? Yeah. This is crazy. Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're brave for doing this. Like, they were excited, but at the same time, they thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you? Because you, you, you're you leaving such a, a, a prestigious corporate job. That's the dream for them. That's yeah. the dream for them. <laughs> and security. No, exactly. Too. And then, um, so I, I left that. And then uh, four years ago, so then I started doing, you know, full-time, you know, uh, e-commerce and just, uh, uh, just marketing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then pandemic hit but the pandemic didn't affect us because we're an online business right it actually soared yeah it soared the business probably yeah pandemic actually soared our business and um so i i was at home and i you know i was like you know i i I work really hard let let me get back into a a proper hobby and then so that's what you know tiktok was there Mm. so then i was like well let me combine two of my you know favorite hobbies you know cooking and uh, cinematography so I kind of combined those together and um, I just started making TikToks. At that time, I was just making TikToks just to do it, just as a hobby, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still doing it just as a hobby. It's nothing serious. Right. Uh, but then Nothing serious as he has like <laughs> almost a million freaking this followers. This man is a superstar. <laughs> That's this and, man uh, is a celebrity. I just, I just started blowing up. But here's the thing, though. The thing is like, I I worked I I, I helped create influencers. I, I worked with influencers. Like I yeah. know online how to do certain things how to look at the camera how to say certain things you know i just kind of i know that space so everything i knew i just applied it to myself mm-hmm. and um and, and obviously you still have to be creative and stuff like that so um i started doing the tiktoks and then next thing you know i just i just started yeah. going up i was like all right let me just continue to see, see where this goes <laughs> i feel like i feel like you're like a great example of somebody who like 
like you don't just like talk about what you want to do you just kind of just get it done and mm-hmm. then people are like how'd you do what you did and you're like what do you mean i just did it like i didn't talk i didn't i didn't like say i was gonna do something i just did it and yeah. and and that's that's really crazy I'm yeah and and that's a recommendation i make there because people are like you know i want to i want to do something because they seem they see my hands in like so many different things like yeah a lot of businesses and like you know even this you know tiktok and online stuff they're like you know how do i start you know what do i do and i'm just like just start just do something just yeah. fail fail yeah. 20 times there's so many failures i have like you guys have no clue but you just it's just like you have to fail 20 times and that one time that you succeed like you're gonna be you're gonna be good right a lot of people mm-hmm. get just turned off by that one failure or they just keep saying oh i'll do it later when i'm more secure in my job or like when i move out or like blah 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 and they just keep pushing it off and then they never do it you know, right. like something that I really liked about your story of like hustling, Mashud and I can really relate. I think all of us just had like very humble beginnings. Like we, you know, our parents didn't really make much. So it was kind of up to us, like start working early. I'm also um, the eldest in the family of a younger brother. So I started working when I was 15 and I literally needed like a like working papers to start working because it wasn't legal. And um, Mashun, like I know he was like selling socks and just like random stuff when he was young yeah i used to i used to uh, live next to a burlington and literally in high school i would go into the burlington with, my, with like my friends and we would go into like the socks <laughs> section and we would all like cover each other up and i would put on like six pairs of the white <laughs> nike dry fit socks because at this time in florida everybody's wearing the 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 white dry fit socks with the nike slides that's kind of mm-hmm. what you wore to school so I, I i used to i used to pocket all those socks and i used to sell those socks at school and i used to do so much shit i used to <laughs> steal like a box of like chocolate from sam's club and sell that shit at school like, <laughs> i and and same thing with you my my dad owned the owned a convenience store and i started helping out my dad when i was like 10 years old so yeah. like we've we've both been all about that our whole life yeah <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people start hustling young because they want to help out their parents and then it just like evolves more and more and then it just like becomes their whole identity in life because like now Mashun and I like we can't stop. We don't rest. We're doing so much shit like Mashun is working nine to five like doing all that stuff. I'm doing a lot and it's it's really hard to stop now but now it's like an addiction at this point. What what would you say is kind of like your your relationship with like with like working and hustling? Would you say it's like do you do you feel like you're pressured to like get things done at like a younger age because like our parents are like getting older or something? Mm-hmm. Like do you feel like you get that mentality from like just your parents? Like why do you think you work so hard? Like what is it for? Honestly, like um, with me is just. <sighs> it might sound selfish but i think the first reason is like um a a point of like um like wanting to accomplish something Mm -hmm. something big right um because when i look at my parents like they literally went from you know crappy to like you know they're they're living you know well right now and um and the thing is like my parents either wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer um uh you, you know oh, you know one of those things and uh i i never did good in school you know mm. and um i wasn't even a good student uh, I, I would say i was like a c c class student you know mm-hmm. and um my parents were never uh happy about that you know because they were yeah. you know you, you always get compared to other kids when you're when you're when you're you know younger 
Um, and my parents were never happy, you know, with my, with my grades or anything like that. And, and they would always compare me and, you know, I would always, um, you know, get yelled at and, you know, stuff like that just because of my grades. And, uh, I just remember this one time I was probably like 16, 17 and then my parents went off on me because some, some other Bengali girl was like getting like (laughs) straight A's and stuff like that. And, um, I actually felt bad for myself. I was like, damn, you know, I must be a piece of shit because, and I just, I don't know why, why I could not excel in school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and part of it is like, in my head, I was like, you know, I, I always believed, I was like, I don't really need this school to, to be, you know, someone my, that someone, I, to be someone that my parents think I need to be or to be right. at a level that I need to be. And um, I've always had that drive, like, yeah, I wasn't the best student. I still went to college. I was a horrible college student. Again, I passed with, like, yeah. all Cs. Like, I had, like, a two points. Yeah. I've always hit the minimum when it comes to school. I had, like, a, a 2.1 or something like that, you know? Oh, shit. And um, it was just always a sense of, like, no, I need to prove myself. And, and, and till this day, I'm still like that. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a disease, but I don't get satisfied. <laughs> like, I, I will, I, no, I'll no, reach I a milestone. No, we get that. We get that. I, I, I'll reach a milestone and I'm like, nah, this was a stupid milestone. I got to reach for something higher. And um, I'm always trying to prove myself. And and the thing is like uh, where my parents see me now, because look, I, I, I was 24 years old when I bought my first townhouse, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, my townhouse, I didn't even live in it. I was living at my parents' house for a year. Um, I didn't even live in my own townhouse. I just bought the townhouse because I was just like, because I, I was able to do that, you know? Right. But as yeah. a 24-year-old, not married or anything, buying a townhouse, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's an accomplishment. But I didn't, I didn't feel like it was an accomplishment because as soon as I got the townhouse, I was like, uh, it's a townhouse, you know, I, it's single family house is going to be, uh, you know, the, the, the next move. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's always that thing. I, I don't know if, if it happened because of that childhood trauma of me constantly, me being, me, and I don't really blame my parents. It is what it is. But I used to feel like a piece of shit, you know, every time uh, they used to compare me to other kids um, yeah. or like when I wouldn't excel in school and like, you know, I, I, I just, instead of like, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure they did try to help me in school, but it's just like I could not get it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really felt dumb. I felt like a I felt like I was a like a like an idiot, like I was mm-hmm. a dumbass. Like yeah. I, I couldn't I probably couldn't do anything in life. I remember even in school, like um, for 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 one of the classes, I, I, I was like underperforming and um, I was underperforming so bad that I, I, I went down the class like for I think it was like like for. I forgot which subject it was, but like, I, and then at that point, I was like, "Damn, like, am, am I really dumb?" Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you start to feel yeah. like that. You start to yeah. actually feel like a piece of shit, and um, and 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 that's what a lot of my childhood was like. It was always that struggle of like, "Damn, like I can't make my parents happy." Was because... your brother? Was your brother um better at school, or did you not get compared? He wasn't even as uh, better as me, but my brother just had the mm. mentality of like, oh, I don't, I don't give a shit, mm. um, you know, mm. but he, he's the same way. He still graduated uh, uh, college. He still got a, you know, engineering, you know, uh, degree. Mm. He, he mm. works as a software engineer himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, he just, he, he, 
I would say he has more of a Western mentality. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was the, probably the issue with me is like, I, I, I could never have a Western mentality. Right. Um, and, you know, cause I still had that Bengali cultural, I don't know how, but I still did. And um, everything is around like, you know, you, you got to have good grades, you know, you, right. you know, you got to, you got to do this and that. And um, like I said, like all throughout my school, like I, I really felt like a piece of shit. Like I could, cause, cause it seemed like the only thing that could make my parents happy was like me getting straight A's. Right. I could never get straight A's. I could right. barely get straight B's, you know? Uh-huh. So in my head, I'm like, damn, what else is going to make them uh, feel like I made it or make them feel happy. And in my head, I'm like, I, 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 I got to do something so big where, uh, you know, I, I buy them two houses, you know, one house for each of them, like something like that. You know- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, like what you said is is very crazy because I also dealt with that in high school because I was not excelling in school to the same extent as like all the other brown people were like. All the other brown people were taking like AP classes, like they were excelling, they were going the doctor route, and I was more of like a lower B type of student, and and that is good, but to their eyes, it's not considered considering like how um excelling the environment was. So I always felt like I wasn't good enough, and especially since I was, you know, doing better in like English, social studies, art, they didn't like that because it wasn't anything STEM related. So I feel like like what you said like I had to really overcompensate my skills and just like I always even now I always feel like I'm not good enough and like when I got to college I was like okay shit like now I really have to like get serious I have to like make them proud so I like graduated early I had a really good GPA and now I'm doing masters to just like you know do that for them even though I don't have to do masters considering what I'm doing right now but it's like even now like it's it's crazy like I'm in my 20s and like you're in your 30s and it's like you still feel like you you're not doing good enough. Like you always have to like level up. You have to like do more than you can even expect, and just like really sometimes even like bring your mental health down to like feel like you know you're doing enough. But then even then, there's like what's the end goal? You know, it's like you don't know when to stop. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know when to stop, and that's yeah. this issue. And I, I know I I have that issue because like my other friends, like you know, I see them like they can like kind of chill, you know, you know, go you know go out to eat and 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 have a night out and stuff like that but to me like a fun night out to me is like just doing something productive (laughs) yeah no honestly like mushun and i talk about that all the time like we don't know how to relax at all like we always have to be constantly doing something and i don't think that's a bad thing like i feel like it's good to always be you know stimulated and like doing something productive for you but it's also very like toxic sometimes because like it's so bad to feel you know, like you always have to keep moving and like you get burnt out so much quicker and like your mental health is shit. So it's, it's crazy. Like you have to find a fair balance, Bro, like, but it's hard. I work as a, as a client success manager and literally my whole team is just a bunch of white people and mm-hmm. they're, they're all cool people, but all they talk about is like, yo, you watch a new episode of da 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 or yo, you <laughs> like, yo, let's go to da 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 tonight. And I'm just like, I'm busy. <laughs> like I can't. And and they're like, what are you busy with? Like, 
<laughs> what do you mean work ends at five and i'm like <laughs> no is but that that's all you norm. guys know that's the norm for them like it, it like i it really ha- it really hit me when i realized that like i'm the abnormal one here i thought right. it was normal to like work your ass off because i i come from like a like a really low income community in like center city or in orlando where like everybody's always doing yeah. something like that's where i got it from the people that i was growing up with so now that i'm in like this like more upper like class area i realized like these people don't have the same mentality that that we do and it, it really irks me like i really miss just like people people like this who just are just so used to working their ass off and it's not like yo let's watch that like no i want to like like work on something like entrepreneurial oriented or like or like something you know so it's crazy man yeah it's crazy no nah, for sure and, and and the thing is like my dad still like like my mom is you know again like she's you know she, she'll swallow the hell out of me but like for example like when this whole you know tiktok thing happened like till this day my dad still thinks this is a mm. joke like he thinks i'm i'm he literally thinks i'm just playing around with yeah. my life right now it's crazy <laughs> just That's doing crazy. this stuff but, yeah but it's like like my mom says the same type of stuff with like my book i released my book and i peaked at the third best-selling poetry book in the country and i'm showing my mom this and she's just like oh like don't do this too much you know this is just for fun remember and i'm like i i laugh it off because it's like i'm excited to to show her that like you know it's it's kind of more than just like a hobby you know and i used to let this and i'm sure maybe you let that stuff kind of get into get get to you like your mom's like why you spend so much time on your camera it's not going to go anywhere and like i don't know if you let that get to you or not because i used to let it get to me but like nowadays when you're a little bit older you're like i can't wait to like show you the other side to all this you know right yeah it's it's like crazy because like when i first started my business and like i wasn't getting sales and like even when i'm doing youtube and stuff it's like my mom's like oh like you know this is a side hobby but like don't forget about school and like she assumes that like i'm spending more time on my outside like my hobbies instead of like focusing on school when in reality i'm spending like equal amount of time for both things like i'm excelling i have a 4.0 gpa right now and it's like even when you are successful in the things that they don't know. Yeah, I'm not. My mom's going to listen to this Yeah, podcast. why'd you say that, <laughs> yo? Yeah, I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to cut that out. We didn't need that, you know? Sorry, Yo, Shihan, like... Like in, in high school, I had a 1.6 GPA in my junior year. So everything you're saying, I promise you, I understand. And like I, I in my last semester in college, I just got a 3.4. It's the best I've ever done in college. So I listen. I get it. I'm gonna cut that 4.0 thing out. You didn't need to so say. I know it was, it was a little flex. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. My mom's listening too, and she needs to get a reminder sometimes. Uh, you so. could go tell her. You know, <laughs> like solo. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, it's just crazy because like even when you are successful in the part in like in things that they don't know anything about because you're they're not used to it, it's like it doesn't mean anything to them because like the well, number one thing is like a secure job and school, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's freaking crazy. Yeah. No, it, you, it, it, you. I'm glad you brought that point up. You know, they, they, when they don't understand that field that you're in, and because the thing that my dad and my parents don't understand is like how I'm currently mm. making my money, and I'm like, you know, I'm in right. e-commerce, and they're like, okay, what is e-commerce? I'm like, I sell stuff online, and they're like, okay, but how are you making money? I'm like, and even when I tell them, I'm like, yeah, you know, last year, you know, we did five million dollars. It, it, it's like my they don't they, they're like what do you mean you did you did mm-hmm. how, how did you even do that what are you even doing like 
they they can't right. grasp it's it. like something that you really have to break it down to them many times like i know mashoon is very big on this like he's the one that you know implemented like patience with your parents so heavy on me and i never really understood that before but like now that i'm in a first grade classroom i understand that like first graders are very very curious they don't know how to do like a lot of things so they ask questions and you have to be very patient when you answer and like you know break it down for them to understand and in that same extent it's it's the same for like parents because like when they come from Bangladesh to a foreign country, they and also it's a t- different different time generation, you know. So it's like they don't know a lot of the things that we grew up with, like technology. Like they don't know any anything about that. So it's like you have to really break it down to them because like they just didn't grow up with it in the same way that we did. So it's like you have to talk to them like they're a child, and it's like not even they in also like a like, bad way. No, yeah, that's what I think. They also like didn't. <laughs> expect to like need to learn this kind of stuff either they expected you to just be a doctor they're like i don't need to learn any of that other stuff right but but you know like i've explained my position at work to my mother at least like 25 (laughs) different times and it's fine it's fine i get it like because it's it's I'm a client success manager. I have a portfolio of clients that I just oversee. And she hears this. She's like, what? What is no, that? No, honestly, I don't even and know what you do. Like, you have to explain so, it to everyone. <laughs> no, so so honestly, like, I think the, the best decision I ever made was just, like, changing my mindset of, like, from getting upset that they don't get it to, like, being excited that they don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, like, I'm excited to broaden your mind. Like, I'm excited to teach you these things about, like, this new world. Because, like... And, and at the same way of like they're excited to teach us about like Bangladesh and, and different cuisine and blah, blah blah like I'm excited to teach them like what's going on over here you know and I like I think that's the biggest piece of advice I give people is just like stop getting mad at your parents because they don't get it just like help, like grab like hold their hand and like teach them this stuff mm-hmm. you know it, it's fun you know yeah no it's, it's, it's so funny with my mom because um like she'll say things like Oh, you know, you you're such a young kid doing uh, uh you know working all the time, and I'm like, oh man, you're always gonna be a baby. Yeah, you're gonna be a baby in their time. eyes. Yep. <laughs> so you're be 72 and a half. Be baby. And the thing is, I I used to look at my and then I I literally look at my mom in the eye, and I'm like, what, when my when dad was like 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 in his 25, he was working much harder than me. Like, what are you, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. You know, I feel like that's like another um sentiment it's like you feel like you constantly have to keep working because you know that like all the sacrifices your your parents have made is is so much more heavier than what you're doing you know it's like we have the privilege of just like working from our bed or like working from home whereas like they were working their ass off like waking up before five coming home at like midnight so it's like i feel like that's another thing of why we have such a um hard work ethic it's because we know that like what we do is like we're making money yeah but it's not to the same extent of what they were doing yeah no yeah. absolutely cool. so so i want to talk a little bit just about your your marketing shit and your you know your all your camera work because obviously everybody's into recording everybody's into like taking photos i used to work for two separate marketing firms so i understand how hard it is to like get clients how hard it is to like obviously like the cinematography part is cool but just like running a whole marketing firm is completely different right. so like talk a little bit about that how'd you go from just like hobby to like you know now you're the co-founder of of your firm like and and talk about like that process a little bit yeah so i mean look it, it, i think it, it it really started with when we started selling tea and um and the the, the tea was just a face it was like just an online face so it died out after a year but once it died out you know we just got into another thing but what we realized is that like 
companies need to now uh, 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 pivot to online, right? And so we realized that there was a lot of local companies, um, uh, you know, brick and mortar local companies that needed, you know, that online assistant. And because we kind of knew everything about it, we started going up to these smaller companies and saying, hey, listen, you need to start converting mm -hmm. online um, or, or you're going to have some issues. And um, so our, our, our marketing company really started with that, really starting helping other companies with their social media and things like that, because we just kind of knew that field. Um, and then, you know, slowly by slow, because we, we were just creating websites for people, you know, at that point. And uh, we also were creating landing pages, you know, which is a little different because, you know, we kind of knew how to do certain landing pages. Um, but then it got to a point where there were like medium sized companies that needed better social media presence. Um, so, you know, we just started doing little consulting for them. But what really ended up happening was me and my partner were like, you know what, we can do this ourselves. So while we were helping other companies, we we're starting our own uh, e-commerce mm -hmm. brands. Um, so one of the first ones that we did was for, uh, we, we knew this um, uh, uh, fitness coach who had like a big social media and we were like, hey, listen, you know, you can make, you know, well, we can make money online, you know, selling your, uh, uh, selling, digitizing your fitness yeah. plans. So basically I, 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 I took his like fitness plans and I shot it. Um, and, you know, at that time, you know, they had like P90X and all these other workouts, but um, I, I really ended up taking his little fitness plan and literally digitizing it. Um, and then we, we sold this, you know, fitness plan. And you got to remember, it's a digital product. So there's no cost yeah. on it. Um, and, 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 you know, we were doing this very early on, you know, very early on uh, in, in the social media space. So then we started expanding into uh, supplements. Like, we're okay, we, we, got, we digitize your fitness plan. How about we start selling supplements? So then, you know, I figured out a way to like, you know, get, get, get uh, you know, talk with manufacturers and start a whole supplement mm -hmm. line. So, you know, we started a whole supplement line. Um, and then me and my partner were like, listen, we we're able to take this individual who is making $300,000 a year. And now he's making $3 million a year, right? So we were able to 10X his business. Now, obviously we, we had ownership in his business because he didn't have the money to properly pay us. So we're like, okay, you know, if you, um, you know, we can go into business with you, uh, but, you know, we're going to take a big chunk of your yeah. business. So we ended up taking a very large chunk of his business, but it worked out because, you, know, you know, he's happy, we're all happy. But we realized that, you know, we're able to do this. Um, so then we started helping now other companies also digitize and, 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 and have a strong e-commerce um, presence, you know, uh, online. Uh, but obviously the type of work that we do is more geared towards um, companies that are already making yeah. money and they want to be able to scale their business. So we're able to, you know, take someone's existing business and just really scale it through media marketing and, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, paid advertising. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, you know, you brought up that there's like no cost for, for digital products, but in the beginning, like the biggest cost is just like being able to like convince these, these businesses to like allow them or like allow you to like take charge of like their, their e-commerce market. Cause you know, I'm sure in like where yeah. you are now, it's obviously a lot easier. You have like the repertoire and the portfolio to show the work that you've done. But like, I used to work for like pretty small scale marketing firms. So like 
pretty much half my time went to just outreach and trying to get more clients. And I feel like that's the hardest part that like a lot of people give up on because it's, it it is hard. And so like, I commend you for like getting through that part. And also like, I'm not sure where you even learned like sales and where you learned all of like everything about e-commerce. But like, again, you're, you're like the definition of like, you didn't complain about like not knowing something. You just went and learned it and and just did it that's exactly what it was yeah, yeah. so that's so yeah that's, that's, that's something that i love because so many people don't have like that go get go getter type of mentality and they just kind of wait for things to happen or like they just never do it because they don't have like that fire in them so i really appreciate the fact that you did all of that on your own and just like went out of your way to learn it because so many people like don't take that initiative everybody wants to do stuff but nobody yeah. you know really wants to yeah. do it. they just kind of like want the end result mm-hmm. yeah no, absolutely. i mean i think a part of it is just you just have to have that sense of you know curiosity as well it's just like well how, how does this work and then i like me I, I get into the only reason why i know so much about cinematography is because i get into a rabbit hole the the, the 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 reason i know so much about like um you know online marketing is because i literally get into a rabbit hole like i'll learn one thing and then boom 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 boom. i'll start just i'm just very curious like okay so how does that work so how does that work why does it work like that why does it work like that yeah yeah i really, I really like it. cool so so we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff um towards the end we 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 want to give you just some some rapid fire questions mm-hmm. just uh some things that i don't want you to think about too hard just whatever comes to your comes to your mind first yeah don't do that um, thinking hard type of thing yeah don't, 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 do don't spend five seconds no 10 seconds instant yeah. All right. First, I, I know I know Mo has them written down, but yeah. I got one I want to ask you. Um, do you have like a because I have one that I'm going to share, but do you have like a, a funny like gas station convenience store story of like when you were like behind the register when you were mad young? Like, do you have something like something like a, a memory? Yeah, just, like, um, I, I, I think no, he knew it right away. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. No. Let me hear it. Let me oh, hear it. my God. This is uh, my mom's going to hate me for this, but. This is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, so when like <laughs> you guys are gonna find it funny. Oh no. So this is like in a redneck area, okay? Right. Redneck oh, man. Area. And um so when certain customers would walk in, like these are like our our um you know returning customers, our you know, everyday customers. Yeah. And uh my mom would just like, you know, curse them out and bundle. <laughs> <laughs> What's she saying? What was she saying? You know, she'd just be like, uh, you know, like, because, you know, they'll they'll get like a cigarette or something. My mom would be like, hire me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, she'd be like, and, you they know, like, that, like... <laughs> and they were probably just like uh, thinking she was complimenting they're clueless, like, laughing they're, like clueless. Like, and then, and then, like, my yeah. mom, like, we had this other Bengali guy that was work, and this guy was funny. And then, like, so, so this old white guy would walk in, and um, you know, the old white guy would try to have a conversation with him, and and at, he's like replying back in 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 English, but he he throws Bangla in there just just to mess with him. <laughs> so he'll be like, "Yeah, I'm doing good, Hamza." I think like he'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's funny." And he'll just say like the yeah. wildest Bengali shit. Him and he just doesn't know, and then he's he's really trying to make me and my brother laugh, you know. So he's just like saying the wildest shit to him. (laughs) And it's like when the white people ask for a transition, like, oh, like what does that mean in your beautiful language? You gotta like make some shit up. Like, oh, that means we love love you. you. Yeah, that means I love you. (laughs) Oh man, so funny. All right. 
Um, what Wait, you got, what's, you got your, your what's your what's your story? You didn't even say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go through real quick. Um, I was I was uh, manning the cash register one day. I was probably like 13. My dad was like, yo, I got to go to Sam's Club. Um, I'll be back in like 10 minutes. So I'm here at 13 year old running the sickle all by myself. I got it. I'm, I'm holding this thing down. And I know the price of everything because I, I'm the one that prices everything right. with like the, the, the price gun. Price so I know gun. everything. I, I'm like everything's priced. I, I don't need no help. Like Marlboro, I got you. I, I, I used to get on the ladder to get like the one on the top shelf. <laughs> that should be so um, legal. <laughs> so, um, so one day this guy comes in and he orders, I remember not order, but he brought to like the, the register, a, a, a bag of like pork rinds, like the chips and, and it didn't have a price on it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know how much to charge him. So I was freaking out. I was like, if I if I overprice this, maybe he knows how much it is and he's going to yell at me. I'm 13. Like, <laughs> it's just me here. So I just gave him, I think I gave him like a 229 or something. And he like double, he, he like did like a double take. He was like, <laughs> like, I don't know if it was like over or under. I really didn't know. But he didn't say nothing. But my heart was racing i was so scared i thought i was gonna overcharge this longest like 10 minutes cents. of your life yeah man uh um, man right. so many stories all right so what the first got? the first question for the lightning round your favorite bangli dish that you've made and in general so two-part question uh alo porta. oh that you've made or in general in general and that i made alo really porta. right You're that's underrated that that's underrated very up? underrated i love alo porta. Like I love I anything honestly, with the... I I don't like potatoes, man. Oh I, man, I, I wow! Don't know. I love I love like French <laughs> wow. fries, but oh, I can't wow. eat like the you know like a you know. <laughs> oh wow! I wow. love like potatoes. dimbaji, right? You know, Boom. you know, Mashun came over to my house the other day, and my mom cooked like so much food, and I don't know what's wrong with you, this but woman. you no, but you oh, couldn't finish it. Like my mom was giving servings and servings and multiple, you know, double takes, all of that. You this, could not finish this it. woman cooked. This woman cooked for sixty-two people. It was only like five. Of <laughs> oh yeah, I know they do that all this the time. Woman. They do that all the time. My mom does all the time. I love it. By no, that's way, how, how they show. Are you guys related or uh, like? No, we're, oh. we're we're dating. We're, <laughs> we're dating. dating. Oh, okay, got you, got you. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, we never, man. we never clarified. Okay, so number two, what's your go-to way to wind down and relax? I know you're a workaholic. Yeah, because you t- your... you talking about you a workaholic. What's up? What? We, I know you. You need to chill out sometimes. So, like, yeah. what what is your what does your chill out session look like? Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, a nice hot shower at night. Oh wow! No, honestly, that's <laughs> just like, a shower. <laughs> just, just a shower to like back to work to clean to clean this away. This man is never satisfied. <laughs> to clean this away, he's gonna buy Mars. He's not gonna be happy. <laughs> Just oh a, just a shower to clean away all the pain from the day, <laughs> <laughs> all the depression. All right. Then this man goes right back to work. <laughs> Number three, he's probably working in the shower at this point. <laughs> all right. Um, number three, what's do you have a duck name and what is it? So my my duck name is actually Shihan. Oh really? What's okay. your actual name? My actual name is uh, uh, Muhammad Kairuzaman Shihan Chatter. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, 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 wow. You got a long one. <laughs> that's, that's a very Muslim name. Yeah. Now, I also <laughs> have a nickname, like, like for, like, my friends, uh, which is uh, Shiggy. But... Shiggy? Oh, yeah. oh my wow. God. <laughs> <laughs> this man said Shiggy. He got options. That's wow. crazy. 
<laughs> what's your what's your relationship with uh with you know like faith and religion not to get like super in-depth but like oh i mean know, look, if you guys got like five minutes i'll uh I'll, go I'll ahead go ahead go for it go for it so Growing up, obviously, you know, it's a Muslim family household. My grandparents are, you know, super Muslim, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. beards, yeah. everything, pray five times a day. You know, we'll, we'll yell at you for doing something, you know, slightly un-Islamic. Right. Right. Um, right. Uh, my parents, obviously, they got into like, you know, praying five times a day a little later in their life. Um, but when I was in high school, but, you know, we knew the, you know, the basics and stuff like that. But when I was yeah. in high school, mm-hmm um basics okay let me define basics when i say basics means like you know that you know just like the the the, you know like very basic like i just knew how to say la 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 like i didn't even know how to Mm. pray or anything but you know just just the basic common sense of 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 of, of islam um but around high school i don't know how but i just got into this this hardcore phase, very hardcore phase for like a whole year. I got into a hardcore phase. Like I even taught myself how to pray and like just a very extremist hardcore phase. Mm -hmm. And um, after the year, and I was also around, you know, a couple of friends that were also like that. But then after a year, I was like, hold on. Uh, you you don't really need to be this extreme and hardcore. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Mm. And um, I started looking more into like uh, you know Sufism and you know how they. I started looking into you know all different types. And um, a lot of it is just you know it just comes down to the core belief of uh, of because you know with Sufism they're not. I'm not a Sufi or anything. But I'm just saying with Sufism what I saw and I liked about them was like. They're not extreme. Like, it's not like, right. you know, tips They're more attack. spiritual. They're more spiritual. It's, it, it's more about, you know, the, the the love behind, the love behind it instead of the fear behind it, right? Mm. Um, and, and and so that extremeness went completely away uh, uh, from me. And, you know, I, I would say like the last 10, 10 years or seven to 10 years, it, it's been me learning more about, or understanding more about um, just life in general and like why certain things happen and certain things don't happen. And, um, you know, just, just understanding like there's a lot of bullshit, even in um, like every religion has bullshit in it. You just have to know how to uh, navigate through it and look at the pure line. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know uh, of it and um, you know growing up for some reason culture mixes with religion and yeah. you have right. to and and that's where I started learning about a lot of the bullshit <laughs> and um, yeah. and and so right now I'm just at a point where um, I, you know it, it, it's more on that spiritual understanding rather than um, just overall fear and and you know just you, you look the best example is I can give you this. You know how the Taliban took over Afghanistan? Right. So right. <clears throat> one of my friends, um, you know, is from Afghanistan and he was trying to buy a land for orphanage. He went up to the Taliban because, you know, they took over. He was like, listen, I want to buy this land. The Taliban was like, no, you're not. And then he went a couple of times and explained to them, this is for the orphans. Can I please buy it? This and that. I have this plan. Yeah, give them everything. The Taliban was like, no, uh, you can't have it. This man literally went back to them after like the 10th time and said, okay, if you don't want to give me the land, 
if anything happens to these orphans, that sin is on you. What do you think the Taliban did? They're like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Here, take the, you know, you can buy the land. Wow. So, you know, wow. it just, it, it, but, but, but to me, it's like, why have that fear to begin? Like, why couldn't you just give the uh, a land for the, like, you knew it was for the orphans to begin with. Like, why did you need that fear of you going to hell and you getting a sin to make this happen? You know, now I can't go to yeah. Afghanistan just because I said this, but. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, I, I, I love, I love the way that you said that. You know, I think, um, a lot of it is operated behind just like being scared of what happens when you do sin and not for like the pure love of obviously there's people on both ends but a lot of it is controlled by like if you don't do this like this is going to happen to you and and that's so true and i think like you know a lot of like the mo- like quote unquote like modern muslims are starting to like try to separate the cultural beliefs behind or like that are tied to like the the religion and um you know it just brings like a more pure and and sacred kind of connection to the religion instead of something that you're just scared of you know yeah so and absolutely. Really like and, and there's so much fluff to it too i remember one time my cousin was like oh you have to do your wudu again uh if you watch tv and then i, I really oh sat God. there for a That's second right? and i was like i was like really ah, so you're talking about 1400 years ago they had a tv that someone could mm. this blowing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there's just like a lot of yeah like cultural beliefs that are tied in now and just a lot of things that are up for interpretation that people just you know bring it to like the next level that isn't really true but i think me and machine are also on that same um wavelength right now where we are trying to find like that balance of like religion versus like um like the the true religion versus like culture and like all of the things that are tied in and like you know, is it is it good enough if you're a good person and you have good intentions? And is that like, is that fine, or is that better than like being, you know, praying five times a day just because you have to? And it's like, you know, we're thinking about like tattoos and how that's maybe like a cultural belief and instead of like a religious thing. So we're like navigating this whole world too, and it's 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 hard to do when you're young. But. Your your parents probably don't see eye to eye with you, do they? No, they don't. I mean, there's, I mean, we, yeah. we you know, we, we get into uh, a lot of it and it just, this is like some, you know, very, it's like very, you know, dumb stuff. Like, I remember like, like my dad has this one extremist friend and man, he is so extreme. Like he'll, 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 he's always given everybody a lecture. Right. So mm-hmm. one time I was sitting at a dinner table and then, you know, he started talking though, cause my mom wasn't wearing a hijab at that time. This guy just starts giving a lecture about hijab and stuff like that. Right. And and uh, I look at this guy and I'm like, you know, you're giving all these lectures about, you know, hijab and stuff. But <clears throat> do you ever read the the Quran and, and and read it in a in a poetic context, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 then he's like, what the hell are you talking about, you know? And I'm like, okay. Before the Quran mentions about the hijab, it actually talks about men lowering their gaze. I was mm-hmm. like, well, how, I, I was like, I was like, how come you never? I was like, you sat here for thirty minutes giving lecture about the hijab how come you didn't lecture one thing about us men controlling our gaze <clears throat> he, and he just shut up at that point but it's just like mm. you, you know like these type of things like w- when you really break down like you know, I, I i personally believe the quran is one of the most beautiful thing out there it's it's poetic there's there's you know it's not really hidden code in there but it's like a code that you have to decipher it's like a puzzle but the thing is like just that little thing of like okay if you really look at it, there's certain things that are said first and there's certain things that are said later. You know, it's it, it just these type of things, but, you know, the extremists will always, they, 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 don't, they don't see those kind of things. They just either see something literal and then 
they just attack it because they can you know yeah no we're on that same boat but yeah i know we went on about that one that's like a whole <laughs> yeah. other episode I, I keep telling my we have to do a whole episode on that um, yeah yeah we'll probably do one but our last question for the lightning round is who's your favorite musician so, so you know is it right now or all time you gotta let me know <laughs> i need, I need you can both. do both both do both okay all right so my my all-time uh a musician i would have to say is dmx um mm. oh my mm. god all man. time mm. how, how did that how did that hit you, that hit you <sighs> man you know it just it was it, 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 so a lot of people don't know that dmx you know he's, he's a poet himself he's a yeah he's a poet you know I love DMX, yeah. Yeah, and um, it, and, and you know he can do everything from like a hype song to like a very mellow song, and you know, everything in between. So that, that's what I really liked about him. Yeah, man. I remember the first time I heard "Is Dark and Hell Is High." I was, I don't know, I, I was, I forgot how old I was, but I heard this and I was like, "Damn, this is crazy." <laughs> but but yeah, man. Um, all time. And then what about right now? Uh, I mean, right now, um that i'm listening to a lot uh because I, 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 I see you work with a lot of musicians you know so oh yeah oh that's a, really look music. when we do another podcast i can get into that whole music that <laughs> space <as well>. for <laughs> sure figure out a way to like you know you know blow up certain artists and stuff like that but i generally love music i mean when i started cinematography mm-hmm. the first thing i did was make music videos you know um mm-hmm. so so music has always been a part there but my current artist right now I, I would just have to say the weekend. You know, the weekend is pretty oh, good. Oh yes, sir. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Oh man. So so before we end, we do this thing where we we end with like a ten second advice. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be related to the podcast episode. Just what you're thinking. You know, I currently Something. don't have one right now. So maybe Mashun, uh, you can yeah, give me some info. Yeah. I don't. Ha- I don't have one either. But well, what, I mean, what, what, I, what am I supposed to give? Just like a 10 second, Just 10 advice. second advice. Oh, 10 second yeah. advice. Oh, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. He's prepared. I, I think, no, honestly, like after talking to you, first of all, I've really enjoyed this conversation yeah. with you. Um, you're, you're dope as hell. And, and, you know, I, I, from like my, my investigative work, I saw that, you know, you're a hustler, but like hearing, hearing you talk about it has honestly like really affected me. And today I'm very motivated to like not waste any time. So <laughs> yeah. my advice is just like, my advice is just like, you know, stop making excuses, bro. Like, if you don't know how to do something, like, we are, like, blessed to live in the world of Google where you can fuck, you can learn anything you want. Right. Anything. Right. But, and you don't have to go to school. You don't have to know somebody and know something. Like, obviously, that's great. But, like, at the end of the day, you can learn whatever the hell you want, like, right now. So, stop making excuses. Right. No. Do you want to go you got first? Some? Do you want to go first, Jan? Yeah. Got? So um, I, I tell this to everyone. The first thing you want to do is whatever you want, whatever you do, be consistent with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with consistency, you have to be persistent. There's going to be roadblocks. There mm-hmm. will be roadblocks. And your part of your journey is figuring out how to get through those roadblocks. So you have to, you know, you have to, you, you have to be persistent. You have to have the perseverance to get through it. And all at the same time, you got to have you got to have faith. You got to have a belief in something. Right. And uh, but with faith and belief comes patience. Right. Mm, you have to right. know how to be patient. Love that. So, this man is saying <laughs> gem after gem after gem. That's that. crazy. No, honestly. What, one of my favorite no, one no. of my favorite words is just uh, is just intuition. Um, I think intuition is so powerful. It's something that I think all brown kids have. If your parents immigrated from across the world here, 
they had the intuition that it was going to turn out all right and that intuition is definitely passed down to us so like keep keep rocking with that and 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 just just trust the process have the faith i yeah honestly like I, i really like talking to you and i like the way that I feel like a lot of people that, you know, have money and like have been successful, they're very cocky about it. And they also don't want to share their advice or share, you know, how they got there. So I really like how you are very humble as well as, you know, you want to share your wealth, you want to share your knowledge. And I really appreciate that because especially brown people, like they have this weird, like, like they just want to gatekeep all the information that they get. They don't want to see other people winning. And I really like how, you know, you want, you want to support other people and you want to just use your platform to build other people up. Um, I think one of my advices is, um, you know, when you do get money or like when you are successful with like all this consistency and you're persistent, it is so important to give back to your parents and like give back to your community because like, Mm -hmm. I know so many people that like get to the top and like, they don't visit their parents at all. Like they don't, they kind of Mm -hmm. forget about their parents. They don't give anything back. They just go on vacations. They just like, you know, forget about their old life. They're just doing things for themselves. And I feel like like what the hell is the point in that you know you forget about your roots and it's like what what's the point of your life like you're not giving anything back to like what actually built you up and like what actually like made you who you are so it's like you know get to that point but don't like forget about your roots don't forget about like your country your parents your family because like at the end of the day they're your biggest supporters and like your end goal should should be to like provide for them absolutely another (laughs) gem huh cool three for three so yeah um Shihan, thank thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you, you, you so much. You didn't have to say much. yes to the podcast. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this. You're you're dope as hell. Yeah, um, actually. What 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 can we you know what can we expect for you from for the year? What what's gonna what's gonna be going on? And, and where can they follow you as well? Yeah. Um. So I I am going to be starting like uh, you know a, a product line. Um. So that's mm. that's that's going to be in the works. And then besides that, I'm just trying to do more outreach. Uh, you know, connect and, you know, uh, network with people. Um, I, I do want to say one thing, though. So um, I, 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 the reason why I DM'd you was because um, I think it was like one of the Bengali memes uh, pages had posted you. And, oh. um, and uh, anytime I see someone from Bangladesh specific, I'm not just talking about all brown, just anyone from Bangladesh you know, specifically doing something that's outside of tradition. Um, I have to support it hundred percent, no matter what, even if I can't physically do it, um, I have to do it, you know, in, in some way or another. So, you know, me sending you that DM was like my way of saying, yeah, I, you know, I, I love the fact that you're, you're going you're doing something that's not traditional and um, you're actually doing it and, and, and you're proud of it. You know, um, that's why I sent you that DM. I sent you that DM. So you keep going and um, you inspire others to do the same. I, I appreciate that. that bro. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, we, you know, we, yeah, we, we need more people like you, you know, you're, you're, you're a real one, Actually. Um, you know, again, like getting, getting like notoriety and getting to the top, a lot of people just kind of don't care to look like at what's like back down on the ground, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, what's next? Like, what's up there? I'm, I'm reaching for up there, but, but you always remember to like 
put your like lend your hand let bleh, lend your hand you know back downstairs right so i appreciate that bro you're a real one <laughs> plug your socials don't end it plug your socials yeah man <laughs> yo are you married bro i'm sure you got women flocking <laughs> over you this man this man is handsome this man got money <laughs> this man can cook what else i i'm what's up <laughs> Where can where can where can they find you? Uh, so you guys you guys can find me uh, Chili Pepper Cooks throughout all um, you know social media YouTube Snapchat Twitter Facebook. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. At this point, he's about to make his own social media with all the things <laughs> that he's doing. All right. Are, do you make do you do you make YouTube videos? You I, YouTube. So I started on I, I'm just doing YouTube Shorts. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. what what path to take for you know YouTube. Yeah. Look, to be honest with you, this this whole internet thing, um, as far as like you know TikTok and like cooking, I've only been doing it for a year. Um, yeah. So wow. I'm still trying wow. to figure out Man. the YouTube portion. YouTube is hard, but True. you got to put in a lot of time. But I know yeah. you're gonna make it work with the work ethic that you have. <laughs> you yeah, got man. it. You're on another echelon. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was uh, le leave us a podcast or leave leave us there. Leave us a review. Or we got. I don't know how many we got. We got. A, we got a really good amount. Keep them coming. If you're listening to this right now, I should have said this in the very beginning. If you're listening to this right now, we'll take three seconds. Go leave us five star. Leave Two us five stars right now. Follow us on our Instagrams. Difficultish. I'm Labyrinthav. He's Mashum Munir. I hope you guys loved our guest. We loved having Shihan. And yeah. please follow his cooking journey and just him as a person. It's it's very incredible to see that as a Bangladeshi person myself. And we got to see them winning. So I hope you guys liked our episode. We We're going to come back again soon. We'll see you guys next week. Cool. Allah Hafiz. Khuda Hafiz. <laughs>